0: Today on The Breakdown, it's a slam, bam, ram and jam in hand from Live at the Bike with Garrett, Andy, and Bill Klein. It's a $100, $100, $200 cash game because of course it is. And of course Garrett has $400,000 in front of him because why wouldn't he? And we could say a lot of things about this hand, but here's the thing I will say. There are multiple plays that are surprising, probably elite a little bit crazy and a lot of money goes in the pot and it doesn't necessarily have to or does it we're going to get into it right now on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy <laughs> Rehearsal. I say fuck second take baby until the record break Mr one night is all I need.
1: no second well yeah rapper. a lot of money goes into the pot a lot of that is because it's Garrett and Andy and these yeah. guys buy in for a minimum of 600 blinds or something whenever they play a cash game I don't understand exactly what they're doing but they certainly love buying in for more than they are supposed to buy <laughs> in for right like what is with that?
0: I mean, you never have to reach in your pocket if you put half a million dollars in front of you, you know, in a 100, 100, $200 game. I mean,
1: hopefully. You really hope not to, but like Garrett has 400K in front of him in this game. And by the way, 200 is a straddle. It is not, I don't think it's actual blind. I think it's a straddle. I I think you're wrong.
0: uh, It's 100, 100, 200. It's not 5,100. Oh, okay.
1: So then the, in that case, the 400K buy in is actually really reasonable.
0: There you go. See?
1: Yeah. It's only. (laughs) <laughs> it's only a billion blinds, <laughs> not two billion blinds. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> uh, I mean, it's so far beyond anything normal. It's what it's two thousand blinds that Garrett has in front of him. I mean, it's just crazy. But you know what? Crazy. Live and let live. I say, if it if that's what lights a yeah, candle, I mean, good.
1: To each their own. Yeah. That's what poker is all about, right, man? It's about freedom of choice. Sure,
0: right. Yeah, that's what it's about. Let's, Except for
1: limit poker and pot limit poker, lim- it's not about that. At limit
0: all. limit poker is about the beauty and the. The wonderfulness of Limit Hold'em, which is, you know, many people can relate to, Grant. A lot of us out there love Limit Hold'em. That's all
1: I'm I saying. I mean, being a Limit Hold'em pro is like being a career bureaucrat. It's, <laughs> it's like your life is just this gray ball of nothing. That's what it
0: is. <laughs> um, that, might have been you know, harsh. that might have been harsh. There may be a little something to that, but uh, it's predictable. It's pretty predictable. That's the nice thing.
1: Yeah. So are the rules of
0: bureaucracy. Are they? People love that. It's like those things are I changing all the time. With you know, are there
1: rules of bureaucracy? I don't think so. I
0: mean, there's sort of are. You know, there's like there's guidelines. Yeah, you know, guidelines. You, you absolutely. I suppose. I don't know, man. Bureaucracy. It's a it's a big word. It has a lot of syllables.
1: <laughs> bureaucracy. Four syllables. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's is that not a lot of it's syllables? Now are you tell me that isn't a lot of syllables. You can attack that. It's
1: more than three. It's more than banana. Yeah. It's. It's less than cantankerous.
0: No, it's not. Well, th- four is the same amount, right? As cantankerous.
1: Cantankerous.
0: So you're killing Lee. it here. It's
1: less than cantankerous. Well, it's less than Welcome new viewers.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. This is the... Uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. So Yeah, we, we tend to mess around a little bit on the podcast. So here's
0: what we do, in case you're wondering. Uh, we, we break down one hand, and then we're going to take... You're going to see how long this video is, but we're going to get into w- this one crazy hand, and we're going to do it right now, actually. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, the way this came to us is Max Sawyer, who's one of our listeners and viewers, suggested it to us. And this is how we get our hands. So if you have a hand you saw that you want analyzed, you just got to send it to us on Twitter. You see there's, the, uh, there's our Twitter feed right there. You can see our, the handle. Just include a YouTube link, a timestamp, and bam, that gives us enough information so we can watch it and decide if we want to do it. All of our hands are listener suggested and viewer suggested. So be a part of that.
1: Well, sometimes. I mean, there's been Jonathan Levy suggested
0: hands in the past, and that's you. you am you am I not? I don't count as a listener or a viewer now. I listen, I view.
1: You're not a high value listener. <laughs> I'm let's not. Say it, I'm let's not. say it that way.
0: I agree. No. Maybe that's. Max
1: Sawyer. Max Sawyer is a high value listener. He is yeah. one of the greatest suggestors of all time. Yes. Always crushing it with the suggestions is Max Sawyer. Agreed. All right. So let's let's get to the hand. Okay. It's a 100, 100, 200 game. And I guess you believe that the 200 is not a straddle. It's actually just the
0: big block. How? Co- I mean, would it just, you think they would normally be playing 100, 100? I just don't think they're normally doing that. We never see them do that. I don't know on what
1: they're doing the on Live with the Bike, man. They're doing all sorts of weird shit on Live with the Bike.
0: Okay. But it seems to me it's much more likely it's 100, 100, 200. Also, who cares? It, pl- it plays effectively the same way anyway.
1: Yeah. It's 200. And And Andy has 85K in front of him, which would seem like a lot if Garrett wasn't also sitting there yeah. with 400K. And Andy's going to start the action. He has eight of spades, nine of club, clubs in the cutoff, and he's going to make it $600. I mean, it's a little loose, but whatever.
0: I mean, it's more than a little loose. Come on. You've got three blinds. You've got Garrett on the button, and you decide yeah. to open 9-8 off for no real reason, right? I mean, come on.
1: I mean, because you're Andy, and you like to play poker. Right. You're here to play poker.
0: What do I'm you just want saying, from him? When we, do, when we do hands with Garrett and Andy, which we do fairly often because they play a lot of a lot. We've we've done crazy a lot. big hands. We often get well, not often. We've multiple times we've gotten people to write to us and say, you know, Andy's a lot tighter than you think. Andy's not this crazy guy pre flop. He doesn't have these wide ranges. Isn't
1: that mostly just one guy? It's two though? guys. Isn't mostly two guys. just one guy saying that? Two. I don't know. There's two guys. I'm saying just guys.
0: saying, like this would sort of be evidence to the contrary, right? I mean, come on, nine eight off is not like a typical open here. I mean it's not it's
1: not typical but you see a lot of players make it Okay I mean, a lot of a lot players, of elite but, players
0: right exactly like a lot of professional no, I mean, level Stephen players Stephen Chidwick might
1: open it cuz he's like I'm going to destroy you no matter what you do. I am Stephen Chidwick. I'm going to raise when you want me to call and I'm going to fold when you want me to well, raise. It's
0: also different though because Stephen Chitwick is mostly playing tournaments when we see his hands, right? That's a really different situation where people are valuing chips differently. Like in a cash game, you rarely get it through pre-flop. In a tournament, you often get it through pre-flop. It's really yeah, different.
1: And with three blinds, I tend to agree with you with three blinds. I mean, yeah. you, would, you would open jack 10 off though, right? hundred percent.
0: And of course, I'd open 9-10? 9-10 suited and 9-7 suited and stuff like that too. For sure.
1: What about nine ten off?
0: I would fold nine ten off. I understand some people would play it. I feel like it's a little too loose with three blinds, um, especially where it's like not easy blinds either. Like you've got Bill Klein in there who's not super easy. You have Andy in there. John Sin, I believe, is the is the two hundred dollar blind. Like, why would why are we attacking these guys with super wide, like kind of ugly ranges? We can just do better. That's what I think.
1: Well, Andy can't apparently, because he's very tight, according <laughs> he's to people. so tight, people. free flop Yeah. I mean, this is just Always one example, so
0: maybe it's a small sample size, but I'm just saying, anyway.
1: Anyway, Andy opens to 600 in the cutoff with 8-9 off, 8 of spades, 9 of clubs. Garrett, who has $1 billion in front of him, three bets the button to 2,200 with ace of spades, jack of clubs. That seems reasonable, especially when Andy is going to open hands like 8-9 off, and there are three blinds to be had. Yeah. So I like a three bet here. Uh, would you go bigger than 22 over six with three blinds?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I think this is probably fine. I mean, because you're three betting anyway. Like the guy, even John Sin with $200 posted, he, it isn't like he can just call pretty wide here, right? I mean... The guy
1: just won the main event. He could do whatever the hell he wants. Well,
0: he can, of course he can do whatever he wants, but he's not going to. partially. When be, he
1: enters a casino, people lay flowers in the path that he's going to walk. That's John Sin.
0: What does that have to do with his calling range here? He
1: can do whatever he wants. That's all I'm saying.
0: He can call with whatever hands he wants. Yeah, but I'm going to say he wouldn't want to call with a lot of hands once it's already been three bet, even if he's put $200 in there, even if he's a third person. Like, I just don't think that's going to... Even if it's Garrett and Andy, he still just can't call with that many things. Like, that's just the nature of the game.
1: Quick aside, if you're in a game with Garrett and Andy and you are willing to lose some money because you have to be, if you're in a game with Garrett and Andy basically, and, and you buy in for any level of depth, let's say you buy in for at least 50 K here. How often should you be cold for betting? If you're behind these two guys, when Andy opens late position, and Garrett three bets late position, like should you be cold forebetting betting like 15% of all hands hmm. because these guys are so wide and this happens so frequently.
0: That's an interesting question. I mean, part of the deal of course with this is that we have to be thinking about, uh, The fact that we're rarely going to get even a cold four bet through, I think, unless we've cold four bet pretty big. Like,
1: I mean, we could make it nine K, something like that.
0: Yeah, especially out of position. I think we probably do, which is reasonable. That much. Um, Yeah, I guess we're going to get we're going to get some stuff through there. I mean, it better work a lot, though. Like, it has to work a lot. And the problem is... I mean, you would expect
1: that yeah. it does. Like, do you think Garrett's really going to call 9K with ace-jack off? No.
0: Maybe he is. No, but... no, no, no. He's not going to do that, but he might five-bet with it sometimes. I mean, he's going to play back at you sometimes, and if he sees you're four-betting a fair amount, he's 100% going to start taking some of his hands with an ace in it and four-bet you, for sure, or five-bet you, okay, for sure. Okay, at the,
1: at the very least, this scenario, if you get to the opportunity to be in the left of these two guys yeah. and this keeps coming up... It can be the scenario where maybe you don't cold 4-bet all the time, but all of those times that you're playing and you think, like, I should cold 4-bet here, and then you chicken out because everybody does that all the time. Yeah. And you have, like, ace-4 suited, and you're like, this is the part of the combos that I'm supposed to cold 4-bet. If I have a cold 4-betting range, actually do it against these guys. Right? Like, at least that, right? Like, you can cold 4-bet the really good hands, and you can bring in some ace-wheel suiteds at least, you know, instead of just folding and chickening out.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think you could take some of your um, hands that are just, like, maybe just barely not good enough to call, but are pretty good. Like pocket sevens is kind of a hand like this where it's like, maybe I'm going to call four, but that sometimes too, you know, like.
1: I don't know. I kind of prefer like a king queen off or a king jack suited type hand because we block big pairs that way. No, I understand that. You can't really comfortably call.
0: Yeah, no, we we have blockers with those kinds of hands for sure. Um, Pocket sevens might play better against a calling range than king queen. I guess you could make the opposite case too in terms of like, we'd have to look at the calling range. I would guess that mostly Garrett's or whomever Andy is going to have when they call our four bet it's going to have a lot of um a lot of big cards there and so i guess sometimes we're dominating them with king queen maybe we fold out all the stuff with king queen i don't know i feel i just look more closely at that um i'm just saying like hands like pocket sevens which traditionally would just be a fold in this spot right like yeah, i'm saying for you, sure. you can't always just fold those kinds of hands i think against these guys and calling is probably not profitable so i think once in a while just taking a hand like that and four betting is fine Even though, yes, I agree with you in general, it works probably better to take King-Queen and King-Jack and do that, or Ace-Four.
1: Well, this discussion wasn't entirely fruitless because the next person to act is Bill Klein in the small blind. And he has Ace-Queen off, which is an awkward spot automatically because that wasn't one of the hands we were talking about. It's like a little too good to consider it a bluff. It's not bad enough or and it's not good enough to like go with it if you get five bet. Well, so how should you approach ace queen off in this scenario?
0: First of all, it could be good enough to go with against these guys. I mean, flop. okay, Bill
1: Klein has 130k in front of him. The mm. effective stack is Andy with 85k. Yeah, okay. Are you really going to go with 85k with ace queen off?
0: No, no, 40 over 400 blinds feels like too much to put in. I'll agree with you there. Yeah. Um fair enough. Uh I mean, I think this is probably a, one of the few hands we can col- consider pretty strongly cold calling with because when we five bet with, or excuse me, four bet with this hand, we're usually folding out all the worst hands. Like, like we, we don't. I don't think Ace Jack is going to call. Like, no, I don't. Maybe think Maybe so. Ace Jack suited on the button. If Garrett was suited here, maybe he'd call. But mostly, I think he's going to fold if we put in a big enough raise here, which is not what we want. Then we have like all the dominated hands are going away. Versus by calling, we get to keep a hand like Ace Jack in, even though we're going to be out of position. And these guys are tough to play against. It's not crazy at all to decide to call here. At the same point, we're going to lose a lot more of the time than if we just put in the four bet right now. You know, we put in the four bet, we're going to take it down a lot, or we're going to get heads up and then win a lot on the flop or also just have the best hand a lot and get to win. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's actually more profitable, but I think you can make a pretty good case that ace queen is one of the few hands to strongly consider making a call with.
1: Yeah. There is a scenario where Garrett has a hand like two eights or two nines and will call the four bet, and you get to win so much more frequently than if you, if you just call his three bet, and then he gets to see bet all the boards, and you have to fold all the boards except for when you hit.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're going to be out of position, which I think is another reason to decide to four bet more than call, because it's going to be so much harder yeah. to play this hand later, you know, after the flop, versus in position. We're going to win so much more of the time and be able to get so much more value that a call makes more sense to me. But so that's another reason a four bet. I think everything being equal, I think a four bet is probably more profitable right now from B- Bill Klein's spot in the small blind, especially with two people to act after him still. Rather than, I'm mean, not that you're going to be super inviting. They have to have a real hand to call because it's already been three bet. But we're making it more inviting if we call also now for John Sin, for example, to decide to throw some money in. And now we have to beat four guys or three other guys. And we're out of position to everyone. And it just seems hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I prefer a four bed as well, especially considering the people we're dealing with, with Garrett and Andy. Yeah. But Bill, who, for those who don't know, is just a very wealthy amateur who is pretty good. You know, oh, yeah, knows he's what good. he's doing. Yeah. He, again, has 130K in his stack. So one of the ridiculously deep stacks is going to call with the Ace of Hearts and the Queen of Clubs. And. Johnson folds and whoever else is in the blinds folds and it's back on Andy and he has eight nine off, but he's kind of obligated to call as the effective stack with a super deep stack and connected cards. Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, this, and this is what makes this whole thing so weird. Actually, one of the problems with opening eight, nine off is that against deep stacks is like, now we have to call the three, bad. <laughs> you know, now we put even yeah. more money with this really bad hand that is almost never going to be good at any point. You know, it's like so hard. Sure. We can make a straight, um, But honestly, if we have the bottom end of the straight, you know, guess what has a better straight? Ace King. That's not great. Yeah, Um,
1: I mean, it's not the best. It's not the best, but you can't fold. at this point. No, no, no. it's what fourteen hundred to call sixteen. Sixteen, but
0: still, it's uh, because we it was six. We made it six hundred. Garrett made it twenty two. But still, the price is unbelievable. We have to call.
1: Yeah, we do, and that is what he does. That is what Andy does. The pot is now seven thousand one hundred dollars. The flop is the jack of spades, the five of spades, and the nine of hearts. So Garrett flops top, top with the backdoor nut flush draw. Uh, Andy flops middle pair, and Bill Klein flops ace high with a backdoor straight draw, I guess. Not a good flop for the ace, queen off with no spade. Yeah. Yeah. So Bill's going to check. Andy's going to check. These things both make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Garrett's the aggressor. Garrett's going to bet. That makes sense, too.
0: Yeah, he He's flopped really well. He flopped top, top. Got the ace of spades, that's too.
1: 3500 Yeah. Yep. He flops, He bets thirty five hundred. Bill Klein's gonna do something that I don't think is good. I maybe you can defend it, but Bill Klein's gonna call with Ace of Hearts, Queen of Clubs on this board, and that feels ambitious at best. Yeah. Like, what are what are we hoping for? I guess we're hoping to hit a Queen and for Garrett to keep bluffing. But if we don't hit anything and Garrett keeps betting and is bluffing, are we really gonna call down? Like this feels like a big
0: mistake. I mean, I think okay. I don't think I can actually defend this, but what we're hoping for is a 10, which makes us open-ended, right? Um, An ace or a queen. I think that's pretty clear. The problem, of course, is a spade is problematic. Also, as we see, an ace is problematic, which is not crazy, because Gary can have ace-king or ace-jack or have ace-queen like we do, and then we're just chopping anyway, which, you know, there's some extra money in there, but not a lot right now when we call. Um, This feels like uh, I just don't believe you, But I don't like playing. I just don't believe you out of position three ways as a call right now. I think you should raise if you're not going to believe him when you're out of position. This hand would play so much better if Bill Klein was on the button. He could decide to call here because it sets up him being able to steal a lot on the turn. But from the small blind, he can't steal. Right? He's going to have to. He's going to check. If even it goes check check, now he has to bet the river and hope that you know. Garrett doesn't find a call with whatever the hell he has. And by the way, Andy's still in the pot too. We don't even, it turns out Andy has a hand that he's not going to fold. We see this, he flopped middle pair. There's no way he's going to fold. Obviously, Bill Klein doesn't know this, but like a lot of the time, Andy, this is going to hit Andy's range too with the Jack nine X board and Andy called a three bet, right? Like Andy's got with something. With two
1: spades, yeah. Andy's Andy's got lots of calls here when sure. he opens and then calls a three bet. Yeah, this it just feels like, Bill Klein is going about trying to capture value from Garrett being aggressive the wrong way. Like, he's choosing the wrong hand the wrong time to do it.
0: Yeah. There, the, it's almost like we're like we're hoping to get in a situation in this hand as Bill Klein that we can trap. Like, oh, I hope I hit an ace, and then I can check, and then he'll bet, and then I'll yeah. call, and he'll be trapped. Turns out that won't be the case this time. But, like, that is very optimistic. There's only three aces in the deck at, in the best-case scenario. There isn't. There's two at this case. And by the way, it wouldn't be good anyway. And even when the ace comes, if Garrett's losing and has anything, he's probably going to check it back and not bet the ace or not bet very big and not put a whole lot of money in after we, after we don't fold once he bets anyway, if indeed he bets. I just don't think this is a good way to go about this. I agree with you. I think this is just a fold. If we wanted to like make a play at this pot, we had our chance to pre-flop. We Or we could have flopped something and that didn't happen either. We just live to fight another day and like move on. Like take our billion dollars yep. and wait. Wait for the next hand.
1: Or you know? multiple billions, perhaps? I don't even I know. I don't know. He's got a lot of
0: money, this guy. I would like to make a pitch while we're here talking about Bill Klein, for Bill Klein to become a sponsor of the Poker Guys. <laughs> we're here. Yeah. We love you, Bill. I don't know what you do like as a business, but whatever it is, we will find a way to promote it on this show, because you got all the money in the world yeah. that we want some of it. I mean, is that so crass to say? Is that crass, Grant? I don't feel it's crass.
1: No, I mean we live in a modern time <laughs> when we're supposed to express ourselves yeah. and make our desires clear yeah. to the general public and our desire is for a billionaire to give us too much money. <laughs> so, I mean, That sounds good.
0: Let's say Bill Klein was like made I don't know lamps. He made table lamps for people, you know, like I make my my I made billions into the table lamp game. And he's like, so I need... It's a, it's a quality
1: game. The <laughs> margins are absurd. You we don't are, even understand.
0: It. I mean, we will find a way to work that in constantly, Bill Klein. So just, it's just a plea from two guys, two humans to another human.
1: <laughs> let's let's assume for a second yeah. it is lamps, okay? Okay. I have a way we could work it in right now, Great. even in this hand oh my God. featuring Bill Klein.
0: We can retroactively like- charge him for this. I love it. Go.
1: Right, right. We're going to. Can you imagine if maybe Bill Klein couldn't see that he didn't have two spades in his hand? Mm. Like, maybe if he just had one of those famous Klein lamps nearby, Uh, he could have seen his cards better. Would have been able to fold and save $3,500. Wouldn't have that been great?
0: I mean, it's, it's one of the most important tools in any poker player's arsenal. You know, like, you've got to have one of those Klein lamps. Because otherwise, yeah. yeah. What if you What if you misread the board or your hand? You'll never misread the board again with a Klein lamp. Not with a Klein lamp. <laughs> it's
1: a guarantee. <laughs> All right, cool. We did right, a fake ad. Uh, that'll be twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, you don't, that don't that care.
0: You don't care, Bill. Give it to us. All right. Yeah. Let's move on.
1: What if he actually does make lamps? That'd be a surprise. Anyway, yeah. Bill calls the thirty five hundred. Andy is also going to call with eight nine. Of course. Again, the board reads Jack 59 with two spades. Garrett's got the ace-jack with the ace of spades. Bill Klein has the ace-queen, no spades. And Andy's got 8-9 with the eight of spades. Seems reasonable for Andy to call, right? Nothing else to do?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, think you could so.
1: raise if you want to rep a set for some reason, but you don't really have to do
0: that. I mean, Andy's got a what is sometimes the best hand, but not super often when Bill Klein has called the three-bet and then is called right now. But we have outs usually against almost everything. Feels like... I mean, we have backdoors. You know, not, not a great backdoor spade draw, admittedly, but... Backdoors as well. Um, it feels like it's just a straightforward call. We're deep enough, too, that you can just like maybe I'll hit a nine on the turn. Maybe I'll hit an eight on the turn. Maybe I'll hit a 10 on the turn, be open ended, and good things will happen, you know? Like it feels just straightforward. Maybe.
1: If you want to flop a not that good backdoor spade draw, a great place to do it would be Nitrogen Sports Poker. And uh, for all you podcast listeners out there, if you use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen, you get access to the exclusive Poker Guys monthly tournament. It happens the last Sunday of every month. It is a 0.1 millibit buy-in with a 100 millibit guarantee. That means the guarantee is 1,000 times the buy-in. Jonathan, tell them how many players they get.
0: They get like... 180 players, even though there should be a thousand based on the guarantee only 180 or so players. They max out by the way, they cap it at 300 because I don't know why, because they like setting money on fire. It's it's to your benefit. You should take it. I don't know.
1: They're bad at business and it's, it's for you. Yeah. It's crazy They're Bad at business for you. They for also consumer.
0: have, you know, casino games. They have sports betting when esports sports is maybe coming back soon. We'll see, but they have sports betting as well. Uh, it's Bitcoin only, which means you get your money out super fast, 90 minutes from your withdrawal to it being in your wallet. It's a great deal. It's Nitrogen Sports. Get in there. Get you some poker. Do the dance. Live forever. Nitrogen Sports.
1: I like to live forever. That's a good
0: part of Nitrogen. <laughs> That's a good that they one. They help yeah. you live forever. Yeah.
1: All right. So there's $17,600 in the pot now with all three players still and heading to the turn, which is the nine of spades. A very interesting card for Garrett and Andy. And Garrett has Ace-Jack with the Ace of Spades on the Jack of Spades, Five of Spades, Nine of Hearts flop, Nine of Spades turn. And, of course, Andy has Eight-Nine with the Eight of Spades, so he's now got Trips with the Medium Flush draw. And Bill Klein is just sitting there like, why did I put (laughs) $3,500 in on the flop? That was uh, obviously a big mistake, and I'm going to have to sell a few more lamps now. Yeah. And I don't want to sell lamps, you know? I spent my whole life selling lamps. I'm freaking tired of selling lamps, but these guys are making me.
0: They're forcing me know? to sell more lamps, and it's a uh, it's a it's a young man's game, lamp sales. Let me tell you.
1: I mean, when you first start selling lamps, it is thrilling, but <laughs> it gets it gets old. Yeah, it does get old. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, on this nine of spades turn, it checks through. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, I get Bill checking. Bill's giving up.
0: Hell right. yeah. As he should. Hopefully.
1: Hopefully, Bill's giving up. We don't know. Nobody bet.
0: Okay, you're right. But Bill's not putting any more money in right now, and that seems like a smart move.
1: Should Andy consider leading turning trips here? Because this is the type of card that Garrett is going to check back a lot. And if Garrett has a hand like two red kings, he might just check back this card, especially
0: when he gets two callers. I'm sure he's checking back two red kings. One of the things he isn't checking back, though, is um, big flush draws. Like, if he has the the, ace of spades in his hand. If he didn't have a jack, if he had a queen or a king with it, He's probably going to bet it at least some of the time as he has the nut blocker and he can build the pot for when he gets there sometimes, too. It's going to get a lot of folds. you know. Because in but he's thre- going to
1: probably call with those, too, right? If Andy bets?
0: He is probably going to call unless we price him out. That's true. Yeah, I guess he could talk himself into folding sometimes because Bill Klein called on the flop and the boards paired and things. But I, I would expect most of the time he is going to call. That's a fair point. That is a fair point. I guess...
1: Andy's concern with leading is that Garrett could have a flush and Bill could bo- also have a flush. Like both of these players could have a flush. So maybe he doesn't want to bet because he's afraid of the monsters under the bed. Instead of thinking about value, he's thinking, okay, I could actually be beat right now and it might not be worth betting.
0: There, there may also be just a question of bl- a balance here where like when we lead yeah. the nine, what are the things can we lead? Um, and what bluffs actually, do we have that we're leading? Obviously we, we could decide to lead flushes also. It, it, which I is... have a really good answer for this. I okay. Think.
1: I think I think we could lead all nines, all flushes, all open-enders. Like it, mm. I think that makes plenty of sense. We clearly have 8-10 and queen-10 off in our range.
0: I guess we like, do, yeah.
1: So we get 32 open-enders that we can lead, and then we can lead any nine that we have and any flush that we have, and that's relatively balanced and... It's a it's a card that makes sense to lead if, if you hit it. You we know?
0: probably we probably can't actually lead all that many open enders just because when we're in a three way well, pot, not. it's probably too many bluffs. But we can but we could shave that down enough that we could probably you're right lead all our flushes and all our nines. The problem, of course, with doing that is every time we che- we're not protecting our checking range when we do that. Like that's our issue yeah. now. So I we mean, our checking range like... could be full houses.
1: I guess <laughs> maybe maybe we don't lead all we don't lead all flushes. Maybe we don't lead the nut flush.
0: I think, we, I think we just, like, we're we just. going to have to check safe. some flushes. We're going to have to check some trip nines. Otherwise, it's just going to be too easy to play against us, especially against Garrett, who plays us a million times a year and plays us super deep and is hyper-aggressive and is paying attention to everything. We just have to be... We have, yeah. to, be, ha- we have to protect our checking range by checking some strong hands here, a fair amount of strong hands. But we should clearly lead some nines, I agree with you, and clearly lead some flushes too. And then the question is just figuring out how many do you have here and then maybe cutting them in half or so. And then taking about that many of your open-enders, I think 50-50 is is pretty reasonable to be doing something like that, bluffs and uh, open-enders. Sorry, bluffs and value, and then hope it all works out. Of course, there is some problems here, too. We can lead value here and still be dead. Like, like Garrett can, of course, have pocket jacks, right?
1: Right, but that is, it's Garrett, you know, like his yeah. three-betting range on the button is such that pocket jacks makes up a much smaller percentage of it than it does of most players' three-betting range on the
0: button. By the way, Bill Klein can also have pocket jacks. He can.
1: And these are monsters under the bed. Yes, but they are. I do think it's an interesting an interesting spot to consider a lead, Yep. especially with the eight of spades. If we're going to just lead some nines, I think maybe with a spade is is the best type of mm-hmm. nine to lead because we block flushes, make it less likely that we're leading into better hands than our hand.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Here's the question, though. Like, if we lead here and Garrett has two red kings, what's he going to do?
1: He's going to call. Yeah. I believe.
0: Um, so what are we folding out? I guess what we're doing, we're protecting our equity is mostly what we're doing, right? Maybe we can fold out some slightly better hands, though. I guess King Jack off may consider folding with Bill Klein Wait, behind What are you him. talking
1: about? Slightly better
0: hands. A hand like Cause... King Jack off. is a like... Oh, no, we have trip nines. Yeah. Hey, we have a good hand. I forgot. I got caught up in the whole nine thing. Okay. So yeah, slightly better hands are never going to fold. So we're just really um we're betting for value. That would be just the straight up move. Yeah.
1: There, we yeah. don't want we don't want Andy to check back and we think he's going to check back a lot. And we think Bill Klein yes. has plenty of jacks that he's going to call with.
0: Yes. Um it's a weird spot because we're almost overrepping our hand if we lead here when we have a bad nine, you know? Like we're repping yeah. trip nines and we're repping spades, but we have the, like, th- about as bad a nine as we can have, and that's the bottom yeah. of the range, uh, except for the bluffs, of course.
1: But he does have a spade blocker. That, he does. That changes it a little it, bit. It does Also, help. it's Andy. He probably wants to lead with a bunch of bluffs. He probably wants to lead with all of the open-enders and some gut shots and stuff. Like, <laughs> well, he, you got to lead some other value.
0: If he's doing that, then he should be leading with, with trip nines a lot. I think, I think he should be doing it probably, you know, some of his nines he should be leading, some of them he shouldn't, and I think it's fine either way here. You know, I think but I I think it's a fair I think it's a fair question to ask, like, should we be leading? And I I like the idea of it.
1: To be clear, if I was in his seat right now, I would probably like auto default to checking and it wouldn't really cross my mind to leading until after the hand already played out. It would be my guess. But because we're taking an in-depth look at it, it's made me think about it.
0: I also wonder if you're Andy, if like being this deep is actually problematic, right? Like where you're like, boy, I don't want to lead and get a big raise and end up. Whatever I do, I could just sort of make a huge mistake, you know, and it, like sort of sucks to like lose 400 blinds here where sure, I didn't have to do that. I could just go into check call mode really comfortably if Garrett wants to keep firing and I could pick off his bluffs. He is very aggressive, as we know. Um, and this way, I don't like if, every time he has pocket jacks or already has the nut flush or has any flush or has a better nine or whatever the hell he has. I just end up losing so many chips because he'll probably put in a raise at some point, depending on how the board plays out, you know, which just sucks for me. So I wonder if there's a pot control aspect, even for Andy with his trip nines here.
1: Maybe. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to check. And yeah. like I said, I would probably default towards it. I just wanted to explore it a little bit. Sure. Either way, Andy checks. It's a perfectly fine decision. Garrett also checks. Do you think Garrett should be betting or do you think this card just hits his opponents too frequently?
0: It doesn't feel like it hits Klein too often. Correct, it doesn't. But, um, but it does feel like it's pro- even with the ace of spades in our hand, it still feels problematic, right? Like we yeah. often have the best hand, but when we don't, we either are going to get a lot of snap folds or, um, or we're going to be behind. Not always for sure, but a lot of the time, you know, we're going to be behind. Like King Jack with the king of spades, okay, sure. Um, it's hard to come up with two, maybe two tens, two black tens might decide to call. I guess they, maybe?
1: Queen, Queen 10 with the Queen of Spades, maybe. Okay,
0: yeah, there's some, there are some hands. But those, are, those hands that are, we can get value from usually one way or another by the river. Um, either they're good enough to call a river bet or they're bad enough to bluff on the river, and that's cool. Sometimes we're going to let them get there, of course. Like, Queen 10 can get there. But I think it's pretty reasonable when you have Bill Klein's... The, the Bill Klein factor is probably really screwing up Garrett a little bit, I would think. That and is would,
1: an awesome name for, like, a dance club. The Bill Klein factor. <laughs> the
0: dance club. Now, when you yeah. say a dance club, do you mean like a, a club where they teach you to dance, or more like a nightclub type deal?
1: Like a nightclub.
0: The Bill Klein factor. The where best.
1: We- they have the best lamps. So much <laughs> luminescence.
0: It's amazing. Like most nightclubs, you can't really see, and that's like. A bonus, yeah. sort of. You're, so, well, you know, maybe you're interested into that, that person over there. And it's hard to tell. And everyone looks better in the dark, right? But Bill Klein goes the other way with it. He's like, we're going to know exa- all of your flaws will be revealed at right. the Bill Klein so, like, Factor.
1: So, imagine, imagine a scenario. You go to the Bill Klein Factor nightclub, yeah. and you see across the room a, a potential paramour. Yes. And you walk up to this potential paramour. And you speak to them, and you realize, oh, their face isn't as good as I would have liked it to be, and I can tell because of all these excellent, high-luminescence Bill Klein lamps, (laughs) and therefore, I'm going to, instead of making a mistake, walk away from the situation, and as you walk away, Bill Klein comes up to you in his Spalding pullover, which he always wears, and he gives you the finger guns, and he says... That's the Bill Klein factor. Yeah, and he walks away.
0: And you know, here's the externality of all this. Guess who's going to go buy some Bill Klein lamps now? It's like, wow, that saved me. I got to give back, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And also, I just want (laughs) to... I got to, you know, turn on things so maybe I bring back another potential paramour. Like, I'm not even going to hook up with anyone now until I bring him back to my place and turn on all the lights, just so I can really see. It's not, nothing dastardly. And it's
1: got to be Bill Klein lights, of course. It's got to <laughs> be course. Bill Klein lights.
0: <laughs> yep. This is the kind of hole we fall into sometimes.
1: Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are in the hole.
0: Yeah. So the Bill Klein factor is uh, maybe another reason to decide to check here where he can have flushes. Um, Both these guys are liable to make plays at us on this card also. Andy, of course, has trip nine sometimes. I would also be worried if Andy has a hand like Jack 10, he might fold if we bet again. Like when we bet him to two players again on this board, he might fold. That sucks. Like we'd really want to get value out of top pair, and we're setting ourselves up to potentially not do that if we bet. So I think a check is probably right, although you can make a case to try and build the pot here with top top and the nut flush draw.
1: Yeah, I think I prefer a check as well. I think it all makes sense. Yeah. I'll I'll go with that. I'll cool. go with the check. And uh he gets there. It's a seven of spades on the river. I mean, okay. Which means the board now reads Jack of Spades, Five of Spades, Nine of Hearts, Nine of Spades, uh Seven of Spades. So Andy now has a nut flush. Uh not Andy, excuse me, Garrett has a nut flush. Andy's hand has been downgraded from trip nines to the eight high flush, even though it's an upgrade. Feels like a downgrade, right?
0: I mean, and, yeah. I mean, we went from a very powerful hand to like, well, I hope no one has a spade because it's always better than mine. Not always, but usually. Yeah. yeah. It's not super Maybe Bill great. Klein
1: has two sixes with a six of spades or something, but whatever. I mean. Um, Bill Klein is not part of this hand anymore. We don't care about that. Anyway, seven of spades on the river. Bill Klein checks. He is done. He has given up. Yeah. And he checks. It doesn't feel like he can go for value with the eight of spades here, right?
0: No. I mean, I mean, Garrett's the kind of guy who might take a shot at this you know, when everyone checks and he doesn't have anything, if he's got ace king of diamonds here, like he absolutely might take a shot when it checks through on the turn. Right. Like that's not crazy at all. Yeah. Um, I think we want to give him a chance to do that. We're setting up what we like to call a game theory disaster spot, not perfectly, but a fair amount of like, we may fold out all the worse hands and get called by all the better hands. Not exactly. We might get heroed sometimes by a worse hand, but it's problematic, yeah. and of course, we can get blown off the hand, too, if we bet, and why would we want to ha- let that happen when we can check and we have a reasonable calling hand, depending on what Bill Klein does if Garrett bets. All right, so
1: Garrett, with, Garrett has enough flush. It is yeah. not the nuts because it's a paired board, but he's, pretty good. needs to bet this, yeah. right? So how much should he bet, and what is he targeting to get called by?
0: Okay, so the pot has 17600 in it. Um, let's start with what's the targeting, right? Cause then that should help us figure out what we want to bet. Okay. I think we want to We're targeting other spades mostly, and we're targeting like the
1: 10 of spades plus mostly. Yeah.
0: Like King Jack with the King of spades, Queen Jack with the, uh, Queen of spades hands like that. Mostly these guys may have turned to flush also, you know, like queen King, Queen of spades could be out there for sure. Yeah. And it just like checks through on the turn, and then we get to beat them, and they're going to feel completely obligated to call. So some made flushes on the turn may decide to put the money in. We This is where we get to take advantage of our image as Garrett, right? Like where everyone thinks we're crazy, and we try and buy every pot, which we often do, but here we actually have it. And so I think we should bet kind of big so we can not only target the obvious calls, which are probably the Broadway spades calls, you know, like, I think the Queen of Spades is just going to feel like it has to call if, if Andy has it anyway. If Bill Klein folds and he has the Queen of Spades, he has to call, I think, against us. Yeah. Um, but we can, if we bet, I think we should bet, like, the way Garrett would if he didn't have it, where, you know, kind of biggish and try and get heroed by some other hands. That's what I would think. So if there's, yeah. what, seventeen six in there, I don't know, 13,000, 14,000, something like that.
1: Sure, another factor and now maybe not against opponents as tricky as Andy because he's a very tricky player, but yeah. something I find myself doing in spots like this a lot is betting big for multiple reasons. One is to get more value and, you know, balance and stuff, but also it makes it a lot easier of a bet fold. Mm. You know like if you against most opponents, if you bet like pot size bet or something similar to that, and you get raised when you have a hand like the Nut Flush on a paired board, you can know you're behind versus if you bet like a third of the pot, then you could kind of talk yourself into maybe I'm not behind and usually right. end up making a crying call that's wrong. Right. Uh, so it makes it a little easier to play. Now, that may not be the case against a player like Andy, who's very tricky. So I don't know if that's really a factor in Gareth's decision to bet big, as you suggested, because he does. He bets 15,000. Yeah, that's big. So right in line with what you want to do. Bill Klein, of course, folds very quickly. And... Uh, As Andy, obviously, we have three choices here. It seems like the most obvious choice is to call because it is Garrett, and we do have a relatively good hand with the eight of spades here. Against some players, you can just fold this hand, Mm -hmm. but it's Garrett, so I don't think you can. So folding's kind of out of the question, right?
0: Folding seems like the worst option of the three to me. Like, we have enough of a hand to call with, and we've got a hand with reasonable blockers if we decide we want to take a shot here and get him to fold a better hand.
1: Right. Because to be clear, if we raise, this is
0: a bluff. We're not trying to get called by a worse hand. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I guess once in a while, a good thing would happen. But no, we wouldn't. We're just trying to get a fold if we do it.
1: Spoiler alert. Andy thinks that Garrett is strong enough that he has to raise instead of just calling. Do you think that's a reasonable thought process? Do you think maybe Andy's stepping out a little bit, getting a little too fancy, because he does raise instead of just calling when he thinks it's possible Garrett could be full
0: of it. I kind of do think so, actually. Uh, We do have a hand, which does line up pretty well as a hand. Like, sometimes the hand, like, demands that you make a play, right? So we have a spade in our hand. We have the card that is paired on the board. So we block a lot of the things we'd want to block. And so you could make the argument, if we're ever going to raise as a bluff, this is one of the best hands to do it with. So we might as well pull the trigger. You could make that argument. I think a lot of people would. At the same point... Isn't Garrett the guy, like, of all the guys, like, he's just a guy who doesn't. It's like Jamie Gold just bet here. Like, he just doesn't have to have it. And why not just make a call instead of, like, potentially putting ourselves in huge jeopardy here uh, when we just don't have to? Like, we can put in 15,000, sometimes be right, sometimes be wrong. We're getting getting almost two to one. We're actually getting better than two to one. We don't have to be right that often, like 30% of the time. It feels like a call is just the correct move because the Eight of Spades, I would think, is going to be good enough of the time. What do you think?
1: I have two thoughts. I have two thoughts on this, Um, one in favor of raising and, and one in favor of calling. In favor of calling versus raising, I think a huge factor in this is the full house blocker that Andy chooses to raise, right? That he has a nine as a full house blocker. I know it's Garrett. I know he's a bit wider, but the nine doesn't factor too much into Garrett's full houses when he three bets preflop. He doesn't have that much jack nine or nine seven in his range. He has a little bit because he's Garrett, but he certainly doesn't have that much. His most likely full house is jack, jack or five five, right? Yeah. So it doesn't really seem like that blocker is as meaningful as it seems on the surface to have the nine, right? It's a great point. In favor of, of raising, though, is... I know Garrett's tricky, is going to show up with different stuff some of the time, but with the check back on the turn, this line looks a lot like a big spade. It looks a lot like a king or an ace of spades, and if it wasn't Garrett, I would think I was behind almost all the time if I were Andy. Right. Um, that's fair. And that, and that type of hand is going to have a very tough time calling a raise, because as we know, when the board's paired and you have the nut flush and the guy raises you're like okay well what the hell does he have then if i have the nut flush
0: uh yeah that's fair i mean here here's another thing too though um based on the action we assume garrett is usually going to bet his full houses on the turn if he has jacks in his hand he's almost always going to bet that on the turn when the when the nine pairs in the spade comes that's like one of the best hands to yeah. bet right like we can get value True. from all these other super strong hands and as we see andy would of course have been forced to call uh like it's a great card if you have two jacks in your hand so i think we can Not completely eliminated, of course, but really cut down on the number of full houses Garrett has just from the action. I agree. I think that's more of a telltale sign that Garrett doesn't have a full house, much more so than the nine in our hand. Because like you said, he doesn't really have jack nine or nine five anyway. Like, I mean, we can eliminate pocket nines. Cool. We can eliminate quads. There was only one combo of that anyway. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I hear what you're saying about this is a line that Garrett might really take with the Ace of Spades. But this is also because it's a line that looks a lot like the Ace of Spades. Garrett might really take the same line without the Ace of Spades or without his big spade in his hand. You know, he's Garrett. Like, I yeah. don't, I'm don't. i not convinced that that means that he really has a big spade enough of the time that we can't just call for and make money. You know,
1: that's... That's a fair point. I think there's merits to both yeah, ideas. Me I think too. folding is folding is meritless, but calling has merit. I think raising has merit as well. Yeah. In this case, Andy figures it out correctly that that's the only way to win because Garrett does have the ace of spades in his hand. And he does raise. He raises his entire stack. That's called going all in. He makes it <laughs> 78,900. Over yeah. 15k, it is a huge raise. So, this might be a balanced thing. Does it have to be this big? Could he not just make it 60k and save himself? $18,000, $19,000 when he gets called?
0: Uh, I mean, I would think he could do that pretty comfortably, but he's trying to sell the idea, I think, that like, boy, I sure hope you have the Ace of Spades. I sure hope you have it. Guy who kind of never has anything better than the Ace of Spades. Like, I sure hope you have the, yeah. quote the top of your range. I'm looking like I'm trying to get full value from it, right? Um, so I think probably 60K is going to do the trick almost the exact same amount of the time, though, so then he could just save that $19,000 or... Near nineteen thousand um, dollars, which is probably a better play. Um, I don't know. Andy may be aware, based on history with Garrett and their dynamic, that the all-in play is what he's going to do in these spots when he has it, and so he's just got to do it as a bluff, too. You know?
1: Yeah, I guess that, and that's certainly possible. Yeah, in you know, but in a vacuum, if you're ever playing in a tournament with players that you're never going to play against again, and you're in a spot like this where you feel like you have to bluff, but you're deciding to, how to size it and you're really deep like this and you fi- feel like 60K is going to do the same trick as 78,900, no reason to make it 78,900. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. Now, I will say this. So we plugged these guys into the solver and asked the solver what it thought about this. And before I even get to tell you what the solver said, it was incredibly hard to come up with reasonable ranges for these guys based on how yeah. they play this hand and all the action, because it's all the action to the river, because that's when we finally get a heads up to like try and come with it. So I'm not sure how great this is, but still I did my best to plug in all these percentages of like how many times, how many combos of this does he have? How many combos of ace queen does he have? And so on and so forth. And the solver really wants Andy to raise like pretty big time. It wants him to raise 92% of the time. It's like, we have blockers, baby. Let's do this. You know, just in case let's go, you know, and there's some, I guess if you're, if
1: you're going to raise, sometimes this is a hand that makes sense.
0: Yes. And yeah, it is it's one of the great hands like it's going to be hard for us to have a better hand that blocks that's worse than this you know what i mean when you put those things mm-hmm. like we've blocked trip nights so we have a spade we're never gonna have a worse spade and have a nine in our hand i don't think i don't think it's possible seems
1: very unlikely yeah yeah they have to have nine six
0: off doesn't seem likely so so i mean we could have a hand like um jack 10 i guess with the tennis spades, and decide to turn that into a bluff uh, maybe that yeah. maybe that's actually a better hand in some ways.
1: It might actually be better because the 10 of spades is better for blocking Garrett's three-betting spades, and the jack is better for blocking jacks full.
0: The 10 also, not that this would come often, but also blocks a straight when the seven of spades comes yeah. down the river. Like we True. Could, that's kind of cool, too. Now, I don't think a straight well, so going to consider eight. calling that much.
1: So does the eight, by the way. So that doesn't actually make a difference between so, the eight oh, and the Oh, that's fair.
0: That's fair. It does. Yeah. I mean, when there's four spades and the board's paired, it probably doesn't matter, right, in terms of that right. piece of it. But just in case. <laughs> but the question yeah. is really, is this a just-in-case play by Andy? When I want to say that um, this is something we've run into sometimes where it's like, I, pr- I can call profitably, but sometimes I'm losing, and if I just make this play, I'm also going to capture the- all that value, too. I might as well like just capture it all if I can. Like Maybe I can fold out yeah. the top of Garrett's range here or near the top. Like Maybe, I- I I mean, maybe fold out the king of spades. If you think you can fall at the king for, of spades, you're be, probably supposed to do this, right?
1: For it to be a just in case play, you have to be pretty sure you can fold at the top of their range, though. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not so just in case anymore because you're putting a lot more money at risk. Like for a just in case play to be a just in case play, it's usually I'm I'm probably winning, but if I raise, I'm like ninety five percent going to fold out if he has a better hand. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the the case in this situation with these guys and their history, but maybe it is. So the solver likes it, obviously. The solver, solver loves, loves
0: it. The it. solver's like, let's do this. So how should Garrett react? He has the ace of spades. I mean, it feels pretty straightforward to me. I'm the guy who always wants to call everything, right? I never want to fold. Um, but I feel like I can justify a call here pretty straightforwardly, right? First of all, I think we're actually at the top of our range. Like we almost maybe once in a while we're going to check back a full house on the turn, but we're usually betting that because it's such a great spot to get value. Yeah. Right. So this may be the best hand we ever have here, or near the very, the very, so very top of the range. So distribution would
1: demand distribution would demand a call then.
0: Having the ace of spades is pretty good, right? Like that's pretty sweet. Now, admittedly, we can't beat. We can only beat a bluff. Admittedly, right? Like, yeah, of course. And he's never doing this with the king of spades. No. Um, no. But here's the thing. Andy is exactly the kind of guy who's going to make a play just like this with a hand just like this. Andy and Garrett are the two guys most likely to do that, right? So against those guys, folding a hand as good as the nut flush seems kind of just bad to me. Seems like you're just supposed to close your eyes and call and be like, I hope it works out. I know you got me sometimes. Congratulations. You got all this great value. But I also don't have to be right that often. Like I can be, as is almost always the case, as is always the case. In fact, in No Limit, you have to be right less than half the time. I think we're going to no be good. No matter what. What? Yeah. I think we're going to be no, good enough no at the what. time here that, yeah. we can re, that we can totally call with the ace of spades. And again, if we're not calling with this hand, we're not calling with any hand, then what the, hell, what the hell are we doing here? Like, Of course, you can sometimes fold the very top of your range against certain opponents, but Andy's not one of those opponents, and neither is Garrett right. for that matter.
1: Right. I was going to add the caveat to what you were saying, yeah. because I agree with everything that you're saying that this is Andy or you take Andy or, or one of his ilk, a player who is creative and good and capable of bluffing. You probably have to call it the ace of spades. But against the majority of the poker playing world, this is a fold.
0: Um, against the guys who aren't going to have almost any moves here. This is a clear fold. against Stephen Chidwick. It's a call. That's that's what I think.
1: Well, right, but I mean, like, I'm not saying the poker pro world against the majority of the poker oh. playing world. Oh, you think this the, is the pe- an easy fold?
0: Yeah, I mean, most people aren't aren't check raising the river without absolutely having it in every clear possible way. And yeah. the king of spades right. would never count as that in anyone's mind who's any good at all, right? So I, th- and, I think this
1: is a fold against Bill Klein. Even like, even though Bill Klein yeah. is pretty good, I think this is probably a fold against Bill Klein. But I think, <laughs> I think against anybody, right. it's probably a call.
0: Yeah. That's probably right. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a fold against a lot of players. I agree. The majority the majority of players in poker, it's probably a fold. Even though it sucks, it just sucks. Um, but the guys who are crazy and aggressive, or are just going to try and be balanced here, I think the Ace of Spades is when well, we're at the top of our range is a clear call, and there's nothing more to it. You know, yep. and. Now-
1: uh- Garrett's going to wish he did that because he folds.
0: Yeah, he folds. Now, interesting. So we uh, plugged this this into the solver. And before we plugged it in, Grant said to me, I mean, the solver's just going to say call, right? So the solver does say call, but only 70% of the time, which I'm actually a little surprised about. It doesn't know we're Hmm. up against Andy. It just thinks we're up against, you know... A A balanced range. Yeah, a normal range here. So it still thinks it should call, but it doesn't think it's wild to fold either, which I'm surprised about. I would have thought it's like, of course you call. You always call 99% or something.
1: Well, yeah, 70% is still pretty high, though. What's wants yeah. to call a decent amount of the time. Yeah. And if it did know it was Andy, it would definitely be higher.
0: It would be like, oh, well, you didn't, you didn't flip the Andy switch. Yeah. Is, yeah. Can I, can the I the pick solver more needs than the an Andy switch?
1: Yeah. <laughs> the solver does need an Andy switch. And maybe Garrett needs an Andy switch. He should have an Andy switch, shouldn't he? He plays Andy all the time.
0: I don't understand. Um, this is just something we see. We did a video uh, a little while ago with Matt Berkey against Bryn Kenny where a similar thing happened where Matt Berkey bet the queen-high flush on the river, the board was paired, um, and Bryn Kenny check-raised a straight. And it's unclear, we were unclear at the time, if it was the greatest play of all time or if it was just for value or what was going on, right? It was just hard to, hard to know. And Matt Berkey found a fold, and it was like Bryn Kenny's one of the guys, I just don't think you're supposed to fold a hand that good to. Like, you're just not supposed to. And you take some big losses against those guys as a result, for sure. But, like, you have to stand up to these guys too and call with your good hands. Like, otherwise, you're just going to always have to lose. (laughs) You just can't beat them, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, we know Garrett is willing to stand up to guys, though. We've seen him do it
0: before. So, this isn't like a
1: problem for him in his poker game. It just so happened in this instance, he. He chose to fold in a spot where we don't think he should against this opponent, and he got it wrong. But yeah. that's going to happen, you know? He can't get it all right every
0: time. Of course. But it just seems like the fundamentals of distribution here really demand a call. Like, if he thinks yeah. about the hands that I get the, get here with, like, and against a, an opponent who can be bluffy and will take blockers and do this, like, and I know that. And by the way, like may even have just a may have a, a kind of crappy hand, but think like I'm like taking it like you know maybe trying to re bluff me even sometimes like I just I just can't fold a hand this good like it feels like that's yeah. the answer.
1: I mean, Andy does have a range advantage. He does have more full houses as played. He should, but that's probably not enough yeah. of a right. factor to, to say we should fold.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we could do the we can bet fold the king of spades here, but I think we had, we have to bet call the ace of spades. I think you're right. I think you're right. Sunlight. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic and I can show every single and see how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue I'm sipping on liquor a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life and I took a minor break but I'm back to claim the crown and gonna be traveling the globe We still have time to make